0: So tonight, tonight, I'm I'm just going to to go go to the the third third attitude, attitude, or the third third attitude, attitude attitudes attitudes to become. become. So verse verse 5 of Matthew chapter um, 5, and verse verse 5. Now the Bible Bible says in the New Living Translation, God blesses those who are are humble, humble, for they will inherit the whole whole earth. earth. We have talked about God blesses those who are poor in the spirit. In fact, I love the way NLT puts that particular attitude. Can we see it very quickly? Media verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5. I just want us to follow me on this journey as we proceed tonight. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is this. This is a very very good good attitude attitude to receiving receiving God. God. When we come with the attitude that communicates the need for God, you know, a poor poor man is a desperate soul. soul. Like I said, said, spiritual poverty is not wretchedness of the flesh. flesh. It's not that 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 you are looking haggard, looking unkempt, and and um, looking like you know somebody that has uh, that that just had an accident. All right. All right. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. about we're about talking about the attitude of the heart that that's really, really communicate to God that you need him always. That you need him, always, you need need him all the time. time. Just, Just like a poor, poor man, man is, always is always dependent on his or, or are, our, um, I'm what do call it, a benefactor. Always, always looking, looking to him for sustenance, for, sustenance, for provision, for something to survive. And exactly, exactly the way that way is how God wants us, wants us to come all the time. time. We, we demonstrate, demonstrate total dependence, dependence on God by being poor, poor in the spirit. The spirit. And then we and talk we about talk biblical mourning, how, how we express a kind, a kind of displeasure and dissatisfaction, discontentment to, situation to situations in our, in our lives or, our or around us. us that that calls calls for a change, change, that calls calls for for a paradigm paradigm shift in that situation. situation. Not just a kind of of displeasure displeasure that causes us to just express some some heartburst of emotion and and, um, nothing happens happens afterward. afterward. But this one is the the kind kind of uh, um, um, attitude that actually calls for the attention of God. And that's what we, that's like the summary of biblical morning. So, today I want to talk about humble or humility. Please, can we go together say humility? All right. Amen. The Bible says God blesses those who are humble. In other words, God blesses those who exercise the attitude of humility for they will inherit the whole earth. I have a lot to talk about humility tonight and I believe that God will expound these words by His Spirit in our hearts, in the name of Jesus. Because as I'm saying it, I'm also learning it fresh. Amen? <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's go right into it very quickly. Uh, let us go into the scripture. Let's, let's check Philippians 2, verses 3 through 11. I want us to read that scripture. Uh, it's going to be the mirror for what we're about to discuss tonight. All right, Philippians 2. I'm going to quickly read, and I want church to please read your Bible with me, or you just look to the screen as we read it together. Um, All right, let's go. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. Verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And verse 11. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Now, while we keep that scripture I just read to us as a mirror tonight, because everything I'm going to say will revolve around that scripture. In fact, we're going to read other scriptures too, but that scripture we just read actually defines all that we need to learn about um, humility tonight. And how that it conditions our heart to receiving the whole earth. God wants us to have the whole earth. God wants us to have dominion over the earth and um, the wisdom to, um, to appropriate what God wants us to have is what I'm about to share tonight, which is a key factor of humility. Like every other attitude to become, humility is not an exemption as it also depicts the proper condition, position, and state of the art that embraces God. And enjoys his blessings. Now, Jesus Christ is our perfect example or model of humility. As we saw in the scripture we just read, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. And um, there's another scripture that also accentuates that point. That's Matthew 11 um, verses 29 and 30. Media, can you help us with that very quickly? Matthew 11 and verse 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble. Let me quickly make a point there. An humble soul is a teachable soul. When you are humble, you are not only a teacher, but also you can be taught all right you doesn't you don't just have a teaching spirit but you also have a spirit to receiving from others all right because i am humble and gentle at heart and you will receive or you will find rest for your soul you can see the exchange right there for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden i give you is light humility causes exchange to happen between a man and other men, all right? When you are humble, now let me talk about us and God. An humble soul is such a attitude that keep you in a place where God sees how ready you are for him. Are we following me tonight? Okay, now, the opposite of humility is pride. I want to believe we have an idea what pride is. So I'm going to start by saying something about pride in order to explain humility to Ross tonight. The opposite of humility is pride. Now what is pride? Pride is simply an exaggerated opinion or estimate of one's self-importance or significance. Let me say that again. Pride is an exaggerated opinion or estimate of one's self-importance or significance. When somebody, you know, give an exaggerated opinion about himself or herself, or about his self-importance and significance, that, that kind of a person is prideful. Are we following me, church? In other words, being Proud or prideful simply means evaluating yourself as superior, higher in rank, more privileged, or better than you really are in comparison to others. In other words, it means evaluating yourself as what? Superior, higher in rank, more privileged. I'm better than you really are, in actuality, and you do that in comparing yourself to other people. So there is always others when you talk about uh, uh, when when you talk about pride. You are actually measuring yourself with others in view. All right, you are. You're actually beginning to define yourself based on what makes you higher, better, and maybe even more than the other people. When we take a look at Romans 12, look at what Romans 12 and verse 3 and 16 says about, you know, the difference between pride and um, humility, actually. Now, look at what the Bible says, because of the privilege and authority, God has given me. I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And verse 16, what does it say? Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Now you see the way he helps to distinguish between pride and humility. How that there is just a thin line between being proud and being humble. And he admonished us to take the side of humility rather than proud, being proud or, or pride. So let me quickly help us to understand what is true humility. As it is our, I'm um, the crux of the matter tonight. What is true humility? I have like a few definitions here that will help us um, that I got from the scripture. Alright, because we're talking about humility here. We're talking about how humility is the correct position of our heart that exposes us to God. Just like every other attitude in the book of Matthew Chapter 5. Number 1 True humility is simply the balanced, accurate, and precise evaluation of yourself in line or in accordance with the measurement of faith in God. I'll say that again. True humility is simply the balanced, accurate, and precise evaluation of yourself in line with or in accordance with the measurement of faith in God. When we talk about true humility, you see that you are not in comparison, you are not comparing your value, your worth, how much you you you, you are worth with another person. You are not trying to see how superior or how inferior or how... In- okay, yeah. Equality. You are not looking at how inferior or superior, as a matter of fact, superior most of the time to other people. The only, the only, the only, the only parameter that you measure yourself with is what? Your faith in God. Just like we saw in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 this evening. Media, can you help us with that scripture again? I want us to see it one more time. All right. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of another person. Of who? Of yourselves. How? Measuring yourselves. How? By the faith God has given us. So, a humble person, or in other words, true humility, gives a balanced, accurate, honest, and precise evaluation of oneself in line or in accordance with the measurement of faith. Not with another person, but your faith in God. In other words, you're not comparing yourself or evaluating your overall net worth as inferior or superior to another humans, but faith in God. In fact, I remember the Bible actually cautions us not to compare ourselves among ourselves. I think that's 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. It says, those that compare themselves among themselves are not what? They're not wise. So it is foolishness to actually try to define who you are or to define your worth looking at another person. No, it is foolish, but it is wise to not do so. You can only measure your worth. You can only measure your value. You can only measure what you are worth by virtue of your faith in God. Are we following me tonight, church? So I can say it this way, that the standard with which You define an humble man is with respect to their faith in God. Not their parallel connection with another creation or another man. It has to be with God. So true humility is concerned with your redefinition of your own estimation in line with the faith in God. Are we following me tonight? Number two. True humility is God's way and wisdom to living an honorable life. True humility is God's way and wisdom to living an honorable life. As honorable vessels that we are, we can live a life that glorifies God. And one of the ways we can do that effectively is to be humble is to be humble. Let's look at James 3 and verse 13. Like I I told you, we're going to be reading a lot of scriptures just to be able to, you know, back up a lot of the points that I wrote down here. I hope you are getting blessed already. Amen. All right, James 3 and verse 13. The Bible says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with with what? With the humility that comes from wisdom. So, humility actually comes from wisdom. Right? So, it is God's way and it is God's wisdom to live in an honorable life. It's it, it, humility. Humility is like a device that you, that you deploy to living, to living in harmony. With God's way and God's wisdom. Because you you putting on the attitude of humility shows that you are using God's wisdom. And what is wisdom? Wisdom simply means knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Wisdom is revelation. Wisdom is light. Wisdom is application. So God wants us as his children in expressing humility as a key to functioning in line with his will, in functioning on the path that he has laid. Because true humility is God's way and wisdom to living an honorable life, to living a life that brings glory to God. In other words, the true mark of life lived in harmony with God's purpose is simply the one executed in humility. You cannot even say that you are a citizen of the kingdom of God and be prideful or be full of pride. You want to check your heart because pride is not in God. And as a child of God, I wonder where you caught that gene from. As a child of God, we have inherited the gene of God. And the last time I checked, there is no pride in God's gene. Or am I telling a lie? Aha. So, (laughs) humility is the trait that we can characterize to God, that we can attribute to God. And if that be the case, that means every child of God should possess or should put on the attitude of humility. As it is very essential to, you know, walking with God. It's essential to um, living in harmony with God's will. Another definition that uh, we like to share is true humility. Or an ombudman man sees himself as equal to others in the way God sees every man and we saw that in the first scripture that we read earlier that's romans 12 and verse 3 we saw that how that um i think that was apostle paul that's um addressing the christians at rome letting them to see that the way to deal with one another is what equality so you cannot remove equality from humility humility helps you to see people helps you to deal with people as equal, exactly the way God sees them. So you're not looking or dealing with people based on what you have more than what they have or trying to look at what they have more than what you have. Now, all that you are focusing your definition on is not about them. It's about what God has said. About you. It's about what God has already deposited in you. So that is the way you measure your humility. That is the way you measure yourself. Not based on anybody, but on God. So, what true humility does to you is it helps you to see yourself above self. You begin to see through the God lens. Are we following me, church? You see everybody as equal. So it doesn't matter where anybody comes from. It it, it don't matter the, the, the qualifications that they have or the home, the background they came from. Everyone is equal. True humility helps you to attain that. So I'll move very quickly to, okay, so why then is humility essential in this kingdom? I mean, it is non-negotiable. We already know that Being humble is a blessing. You know, every attitude in that scripture starts with blessed or God blesses those who are humble. So humility is a blessing. (laughs) Humility is a blessing. Can I hear an amen? Humility is a blessing. All right. And um, what happens when God blesses those who are humble? What does the latter part say? For they will inherit the earth. So the blessing of God to the humble is that they will attain the earth. God will give them the earth. God will hand it over to them like a package. God will give them mastery over the earth. God will give them places in the earth. Hallelujah. So why then is humility essential in this kingdom? Why why is it a prerequisite? to encountering God, to receiving God's or heavenly invasion. Number one, because it is an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. Can we say that together, Chelsea? It is an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. If you look at Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14, Uh, A very popular scripture, the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Now, what's going to happen afterward? I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Did you see that? God says, if you come with the attitude of humility, when you come to me in that way, you are going to catch my attention. You are going to attract my visitation. God will definitely intervene. God will definitely intervene. Because humility is an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. I think it's a story that came to mind when I received the point is um, Luke 18. Luke 18. Luke 18, chapter 19 through 14, I believe it is. And that's the story of, uh, I don't know if you remember that story, the story of the tax collector and um, a Pharisee that that came to pray, all right? Now, we are familiar with that story and everything that happened, how that the Pharisee came and was, you know, boasting about all of the spiritual Activities that he, you know, he did. And how that he was uh, better off this tax collector. Or, yeah. Like, he he was actually comparing notes with the tax collector before God. Somebody that came to have a conversation with God. And all that he was doing is to present himself like he's up there. And the tax collector is just a baby. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, the, like he has not learned what he has learned. He has, you know, gained a mastery. He's doing a lot of comparisons. Of course, there are a lot of lessons to learn from that account. But I drew out of that same account the attitudes of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Bible made it clear that the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, "Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Look at verse 14. Very quickly, media. Verse 14. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be what? Humbled. They will be humbled by the outcome of their poor attitude. And those who humble themselves will be what? Will be exalted. It's like, it's like an automatic uh, system. There's a program or, or there are codes that already had been written. When you are humble, you set yourself up for God's intervention. But when you chose to be prideful or to be proud, then you also get an outcome. The algorithm works for all. Are we following me tonight, church? So, humility is essential in this kingdom because it's an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. It's like a perfume, a sweet-smelling perfume that's when we puff, you know, you want to go in that direction like, I, I, I think somebody just walked past this place. Oh, is that Brother Paul? Man, I like your perfume, man. You know, it smells nice, you know. I mean, a melody is like that. It's like a perfume that, that's, you know, that went through, this, through the nose of God. And God notices it and he wants to look in the direction where that fragrance is coming from. Are we following me tonight, church? Why? Humility is essential in this kingdom. It is the way we walk with God. It is the way we walk with God. The truth is, when you are not humble, it may be difficult. In fact, not it may, it will be difficult for you to walk with God. Because God will give you some instructions that will be seemingly difficult for you to carry out. In fact, God will give some instructions that will not make sense to you. It won't even make any sense. Like we're going to see an example in the person of Father Abraham. In Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. God just one morning as, uh, as Baba was waking up, the first thing he heard was the voice of God. Asking him to go get his ticket and book a flight. Now, if it was you, how would you handle that kind of um, scenario where, you know, you never even had it in your your plan to travel, and then God is saying, this morning, I want you at this location. This morning, I want you, I mean, you already had your plans for today, and then God now came and intercepts your plans. It takes a humble soul. To be able to submit and say, okay, God, (coughs) if you said it, I believe you. So humility is the way we walk with God. Hebrews 12 and verse 2, look at what the Bible says about Jesus. Like I told you, Jesus is our perfect model or exemplary of the attitude of humility. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its what? Its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Jesus walked with God. It was not easy. It was not convenient. It was not comfortable. In fact, it got to a point it was going to cave in, give up, and quit. But thank God it did not. All right? Thank God it didn't. It remained humble to the end. It remained submissive to God to the end. And we saw the outcome of that obedience. I, I, I believe humility, when we are humble, it helps us also to be obedient to God. He helps us to be obedient to authority, he helps us to 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 submit. You know, humility helps you to be dead to a lot of yourself. There is ego in yourself. I mean, there are there there is your own opinion, there is your own truth, but a humble soul will give up all of that in order to receive from God. Not just from God, in order to receive from authorities that have been placed over you. I mean, your HOM can be younger than you, but as a humble brother or as a humble sister, you respect God in him. You respect God in her. And that way, you are able to walk in harmony because humility is a way we deal with one another. As so we are going to see very quickly also. Number three, why humility is essential in this kingdom. I said it's an attitude of faith that attracts God's intervention. It's the way we walk with God. By offering him undivided loyalty. I mean, that was a huge one, actually. If you look at Micah 6 verse 8, let's, let's quickly take a look at that. In order to buttress that second point, Micah Micah 6 and verse 8, very quickly, Micah 6 and verse 8, No, all people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. How does God want you to walk with him? Humbly. Because the only way you can walk with the Lord is humbly. Is humbly. When you are not humble, you still magnify self. But when you become humble, self is is done away with. Because your major enemy, besides your ego and every other thing that we have, is your flesh. Your flesh will always be an antithesis of faith. Your flesh will always be an antagonist of whatever brings glory to God. So, but when you have been able to tame your flesh, to master your flesh, it shows some degree of humility. Because humility actually step or actually press on your flesh. Man is naturally proud, okay? Man wants to go his way. Since the fall of man, we have, you know, I mean, one of the attributes of a fallen man is a proud man. So it, it's just natural for you to be proud. It's not because you want to be, but because it's what we inherited as sinners, okay? But thank God for the Spirit of God that restore us back to the original model of God, you know? And we no longer function as sinners, but as saints. So that way, we can walk with God by stepping on the flesh. And the way we do that is to be humble. Number three, why humility is essential in this kingdom and how that is is a prerequisite to encountering God. Because it's the key attitude that positions a man for promotion that comes from God what did i say is the key attitude that positions a man for promotion that comes from god of course i know promotion comes from from you know a lot of people have diverse ways by which they manipulate promotion at work and all of that but the promotion that comes from god the promotion that god himself orchestrates right happens When we put on the attitude of humility. And we can see that in Matthew 23 and verse 12. Very quickly. And then, uh, yeah. Matthew 23 and verse 12. Look at what the Bible says. Matthew 23 and verse 12. But those who will exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be what? Exalted. (coughs) I'm usually amazed by the way this kingdom of God operates. It looks to me like we, we, we run things against the tides. We do things like upside down. In the world, seeing is believing. But in this kingdom, how do we run it here? Believing is seeing. Now in the world, You need to walk your way to the top. You know, walk your way to the top. But in this kingdom, the Bible makes it clear that for you to be first, you first have to be what? Are you following me, church? For you to be first, you first have to be what? And for you to be uh, a leader, you want to be what? A servant. And those are really weird instructions like it just make the kingdom of god so totally different and that's to tell us that we cannot we cannot run our lives based on the instructions of the wisdom of the world because there is the wisdom of the world and there is the wisdom of god the wisdom that comes directly from god the bible makes it clear that it is pure all right and there is the earthly carnal and devilish wisdom also that the Son of this world usually live by. So humility is essential because it's the key attitude that positions us for promotion. In fact, Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, makes it clear that promotion comes neither from the north, from the south. Yeah, thank you, media. For no one on earth, from east or west, or even from the wilderness, should mm, raise a defiance feast. And verse 7. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. Okay, can I have this particular verse in the King James Version or New King James? I think it's spelt it right the way I wanted it. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Verse 7, but God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. I believe humility is a key factor here. Humility is a key factor here. The correct positioning of our heart is a key factor here. That's communicate to God that we are due for promotion. Number four, why humility is essential. Humility is the true identity and character of every kingdom citizen. What did I say? Humility is the true identity and character of every kingdom citizen. One of the ways that you identify a kingdom citizen. I'm not just talking about a Christian now. I mean a citizen of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, like we all know is a country, all right? Just like Nigeria is a country, right? And every other country is in the world that we know. And we know that every country has constitutions that they run with, right? They have laws and codes, regulations. They, uh, they have uh, different kinds of constitutions. They have different kinds of sectors. So it is in the kingdom of God also. The kingdom of God is a country. He has a king. All right and there are keys to living in, in this kingdom and the kingdom of God is also a special kingdom that only in this kingdom that the subjects are also king <laughs> Does that make you excited Only in the kingdom of God are the governed right the people that the government rule over are also rulers they are kings themselves and that's why we usually call God the king of slaves. Is that what we normally say? Do we say God is the king of servants? No, we say God is the king of kings? That's because he has made us kings and priests unto God. It is only in this kingdom that such uh, a government is run. And in that kingdom, the way we identify, we don't have to put on a badge or, or a bandana, what do we call that thing? That, or wear a t-shirt that says that I'm a Christian. No. Humility is the apparel that we put on. Right? And humility does not make us weak. Humility is not weakness. Rather, it is virtue. It is strength. It is vigor. It is energy. It's like you are controlling. You are controlling a big thing. In a silent way. You know, many people think that things don't change until we make noise. Not everything changes by noise, you know. There are some things that all we need is just God's wisdom. And we do it behind the curtain and then we see results. Humility is that kind of, you know, it's like a stealth system that we always see the results no matter what. When somebody puts on a perfume now, can that be hidden? Can we hide the fragrance of a perfume? So humility is just like that. We wear it, whether we try to hide ourselves, it just cannot be hidden. Like we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So humility is the true identity and the character of every kingdom citizen. So pride is not in our gene. Pride is not in God. And we can see that in Colossians 3 and verse 12. Look at what Colossians 3 and verse 12. I'm trying to make us see all of these scriptures so that we can see where I'm coming from. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, and of mind, meekness, long-suffering, Can I have that same scripture in NLT? Let's go back to NLT. Let's go back to NLT. Colossians 3 and verse 12. Church, look at what it says. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility. See humility appearing there again. Gentleness and patience. These are virtues that are deposited within every child of God, every kingdom citizen. Is 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 the will we identify with the kingdom. All right. If we are putting on a badge, our badge will be humility. Okay? So, but it can be seen in the way we live our lives, it can be seen in our dealings with people, it, 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 it can be seen in, in the way we Go about our daily living. People just can reckon with that these are citizens of the kingdom. Just because they can see, they can perceive, and they can smell. They can almost touch humility in our lives. Um, True humility, I think this should be the fifth one. True humility is how brethren relate with one another you can't see your brother or your sister as equal with you or to you if you're not humble this is the way god wants us to deal with one another how that a man or a woman will not see himself higher in rank or better than the other person because you know you you hold a you hold a particular position in your place of work or you have reached a particular pedestal in your career, you have access to some places that some people don't have access to, all of those things don't matter in heaven. Amen? (laughs) Yeah. So what does really matter is that you know God, that you have intimate, personal, one-on-one relationship with God. In fact, when you know God, He helps you to be humble. God is humble. So his children are humble also. And they deal with one another in that same attitude. Ephesians 4 and verse 2. Look at what the Bible says very quickly as um, touching that. True humility is how brethren relate with one another. We relate with one another in humility. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. Did you see that? That's the characteristics of humility. When we're humble, it helps us to be patient with one another. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Do we make allowance for people's faults? Are we not the type that we always want to hit people in the head? Like almost immediately. (laughs) We want to quickly, you know. Now, humility calls that we are patient with each other and then we make allowance. Now, making allowance for each other's faults is not like trying to, you know, pamper or to coddle them for doing wrong. No, it's just to try to reason alongside with them In such a way that you put yourself in their shoes. Like, maybe I could have done worse. What if I was the one in this kind of situation? How would I have handled it? So that's the kind of allowance we give. And in that way, we'll be able to empathize with them. And in doing so, we can win them over. We are not the the people in that situation. But we assume... That we could be in the situation. And maybe we would have even messed up worse than they did. That's the kind of allowance I believe the Bible is referring to here. Not the allowance that promotes uh, the the sinning of man. Not the kind of allowance that that I sin. No, the kind of allowance that comes with discipline. But look, the discipline comes in love. Are we following me, church? So humility helps us to be able to, in fact, is the way we deal and we relate with one another. And my time is up. Let me just take this final one of why humility is essential in this kingdom. We're just like halfway to the destination. Maybe I'm going to have to cover the rest later. Finally, why is humility essential in this kingdom? Humility is essential because, okay, so, um, okay, so finally, humility promotes genuine repentance and total submission to God. What did I say? True humility actually promotes genuine repentance and total submission to God. Let's look at this scripture together. J- James chapter 4. I'm going to read from verses 7 through 10. And I want you to see. Every, every scripture that I've mentioned today actually give the broader picture of the true or oh God kind of humility. That actually helps to recondition our hearts and put our hearts in a In a receiving hand of God's encounters, or God's visitation. Now look at what James 4, verses 7 through 10 says. So humble yourselves before God. Are we following church? I want us to read this last scripture together. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close. Now, this is what humility... Now, humility will give you the weapon that you need to resist the devil. Now, the, the devil here does not necessarily mean Satan only, the accuser of the brethren. But it could mean other devices that Satan uses against you. Possible When we put on the right attitude. And I pray that the Lord will continue to help us to, you know, apply these instructions that we are hearing in the name of Jesus. Such that our hearts are conditioned to encountering God every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe we got something out of that tonight. Hallelujah. Can we just give a hand of praise to God? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. That we have received tonight. Thank you for sharing with us your wisdom to open us up to a world of unending encounters with you. We are so hungry and thirsty. We want to have you every day. And so we yield our hearts to you to be conditioned in this attitudes, so that we can be in that realm of everyday encounter with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because it is done within Jesus' mighty name. I have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah.